You know what I learned in uh, Tampa this weekend? What's that, Michael? Ahoy, matey, means hi, friends. I've <laughs> <laughs> been up for too long. That's going to be, that's our open. <laughs> Well, with that start, how can this not be the best episode of Kane's Cast ever? Episode 27, the home stretch. Eight home games for the Carolina Hurricanes coming up, covering, it feels like, the entire month of February. Alongside the webs, Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Maniscalco. We're here at PNC Arena, where we might as well bunk for all of February. I would not be against that, Yeah, seeing there have been months in my life where it's felt like I've done that, but... For the next two and a half weeks, we will be calling PNC Arena the place where the Canes play all of their games. Eight games here. But, Michael, before we get to that, ahoy, matey. (laughs) Hello, friend. (laughs) Exactly. I didn't realize Jim Nance had a lineage of pirates in his family. But he does. If you don't get that joke, don't worry. There'll be a course after this that will teach it all for you. But. You just came back from Tampa, where it was not just the NHL All-Star game, but Gasparilla. You look like that you have been thrown right in the middle of a party of the NHL's best and people running around dressed as pirates. It's uh, it's Mardi Gras in Tampa Bay with pirates, essentially. It's it's crazy. Uh, it, it turned the downtown Tampa into just this, this manic scene on Saturday. Uh, road shut down. There was a parade. There were people everywhere that dressed as pirates. Obviously, um, it was. Uh, it looked like a really fun time. We were kind of on the outskirts of that. Um, Saturday morning, we went out to to visit Noah Hannafin at the Player Hotel, which was uh, which was closer to the airport, outside of the the downtown area. Um, and then skills competition, we sort of had to work our way around all the pirates, navigate our way around the pirates to, to get to Emily Arena where the skills competition was. But uh, all in all, a really fun weekend. I think uh, Tampa put on a great show. And as we were leaving this morning, uh, I, I don't know who put up the billboard, but uh, basically said, hey, NHL, next time you come, maybe we take it outdoors. Oh, my. Yeah. So they're, they're, pre- they're pushing pressing hard. hard for an outdoor game yeah. right now. They're pushing hard. Well, you know, if they make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, you know, that would be a pretty impressive feat. They've made it to the Conference Finals a couple of times now. I mean, maybe they get that outdoor game. Hey, they've, they've the got Carolina National. Hurricanes would like to play in an outdoor game. Yeah. Wink. Well, and both of those teams are teams that haven't played in an outdoor game, and it would be easy enough to to kind of knock out two at once with the Hurricanes and the Lightning or the Hurricanes and the Predators. Yeah, it just makes sense to to build a, a regional stadium series game around that. I think you're going to get draw no matter where oh, you yeah. do it. Um, it's just a matter of, of figuring out the logistics and, and going from there. But maybe sometime in the future for Tampa or Raleigh or Nashville or, or one of these cities. Well, let's get a couple of particulars out of the way. Noah Hannafin was the representative for the Carolina Hurricanes. Michael, you and I have covered a couple of these. You had this one all on your own. You flew solo down there. Uh, hopefully Captain Jack Sparrow did not uh, steer you in the wrong way. But uh, what was it like to be around and, and see a guy for the first time soak in the All-Star experience? Because Justin Falk has had it the previous three years. This is a guy who just turned 21 years old, thrown in the middle of the NHL's biggest party. I, wanna, I want the view from like 3,000 feet, you sitting back being able to watch that. Yeah, he celebrated his uh, his 21st birthday with a big 6-5 win in Montreal. He was uh, plus 5 with 3 assists. 
and and that led into to really uh, one of the highlights of his career, All Star Weekend, a, a weekend that you know he grew up watching as a kid and, and dreamt about playing in, and then got to experience himself. Uh, and we'll get into that with with Noah Hannafin, who is actually our guest on this podcast here in just a minute. Uh, but from my standpoint, I mean, it, it was easy to see, you know, on his face, on on really everyone's face that got to participate in this event, just how much it means to them uh, to be selected, to be honored, um, to be amongst the best of their peers and to just have fun. I, that was that was really the underscore of the weekend was that um, it, it's a break from the, the competitive nature that you see on a night in night out basis on what the Hurricanes are going to need, you know, on this eight game homestand, very competitive uh, coming up to just meet up with with your peers the best that the the nhl has to offer and to show off your skills and it's an event for the fans uh whether you're in the arena or watching it on television um and it's a time for some personalities to come out it's a time for for a guy like hannafin to to maybe get to know some some people around the league that he doesn't know obviously he's he's friends with guys like jack eichel austin matthews uh, Zach Wierenski, guys he played uh, with on the the U.S. national team development program, but a chance for him to meet to meet other guys and and play on a line with Sidney Crosby yep. and Alex Ovechkin, and um, you could just see it on his face, you know, after the game yesterday, uh, Sunday afternoon, that that he was just he was thrilled beyond belief, really, to to have been able to participate in it. He had his family there, which I know was a great time. Um, so it was, it was it was a nice weekend, I think, for him to get away. Uh, to relax and kind of take the game uh, in a more fun direction and, and really just showcase uh, himself and, and the rest of the league to the fans. And I think everyone had a great time. Best part of the weekend for you. I mean, the skills competition is great. Uh, the party that the NHL throws is great. But the games this year, uh, other than, you know, you get to leave a little bit early if you're the Metro division when they jumped out to a, a big lead, 3-1 to one in their semifinal against the Atlantic. But you kind of knew the hometown team was – Maybe, just maybe, going to play in the final. Yeah. Uh, putting it in those terms. Not saying there was anything on, but you just kind of had that feeling. What was the, the better part? Because you've been with it. Sometimes the game overshadows the skills competition. Sometimes it's the skills competition over the game, which was the better part. The game, uh, the first game, the Central and Pacific, I thought started a little slow. I think both teams were kind of feeling each other out, seeing how hard really each other was going to try. Yeah. Uh, and then towards the end of the game, it picked up, and there was end-to-end -end action, and the fans were engaged. The goaltenders were making saves. Uh, there were some goals being scored. Um, the Metropolitan and Atlantic Division game was, was I thought, pretty competitive. I liked the skills competition this year. I liked uh, a lot of the changes that they made, uh, some of the new events, the passing challenge that incorporated the mini nets that we've seen before, but also uh, changed it up a little bit with the uh, the little, I don't know what it was that lit up, these little panels that Drew Doughty wanted to just, I think, take a shotgun to by the end of his <laughs> <laughs> at the end of his round, uh, to the, you know, the give and go in the middle. That was something I thought uh, Noah Hannafin might be pretty good at because uh, he's uh, you see him being able to move the puck up the ice with ease. I thought, you know, if, if there was a, a challenge that he didn't do, he obviously took uh, part in, in fastest skater. But if he didn't do that, then maybe passing challenge would be good. Eric Stahl nailed the passing challenge event. Um, I thought the the skills relay was, was pretty cool with the uh, – I don't know what they the, the little towers that lit up and they yeah. had to put the puck in it. There were a lot of technological advances this year um, that I thought brought a new element to the skills competition that we haven't seen before. And I like too the fact that it, it was more individual focused rather than teams because yeah. 
in the end, the, the, the team focus doesn't really make sense for such an individually focused event like skills competition. So to reward the players and, and maybe offer them more incentive to uh, to be the best at, at what they do, I, I think brought the, the skills competition to, to new heights. Noah Hannafin and, and fastest skater, I mean, you knew it was going to be tough going up against Connor McDavid. Uh, Hannafin said really the first few strides were pretty key and he wasn't too happy with those um and then he said oh, we're gonna find out what yeah. he said about it he's as mentioned he's exactly. our guest here on it. episode 27 of the canes cast don't spoil all of it i yeah, mean like you already spoiled star wars the last jedi for we gave everyone plenty of warning yeah but i didn't think you were gonna go full in depth oh yeah with flying we leia gave... and evaporating luke yeah by the way those things happened in the movie and yoda yeah and yoda as a puppet which was awesome Sorry again if we didn't really offer it. Oh, it's too there. late now. If it's you've been late. listening to the Kane's cast and made it through Michael's yeah. dissertation on the Last Jedi, then we're fine. And then he had um, he had another event. He participated in the Save Streak, which uh, highlighted some of the goaltenders. I still like seeing you know the breakaway challenges, seeing the creativity that the players can come up with as they try to beat the goaltenders. But then it's a question of how hard are the goaltenders actually gonna. Uh, you know, going to try to perform. But in this, the save streak, that's putting the spotlight right on the goaltenders. Oh, They're going to want to be the best they can be. And Pecorine shut down Noah Hannafin twice. Uh, shut down, I think, 13 of the 14 Metropolitan Division shots. So uh, he wasn't giving up a whole lot. Noah Hannafin tried a little backhander, um, and, and Rene just, just had the answer. But I thought it was a, a really fun event this year, the skills competition. Uh, and I'm interested to see how much they – they incorporate from this year into into next year's event. All right. You want some real talk right now? Let's be real. Whoever designed the Pacific jerseys should not be allowed to do that ever again. I don't know how it translated in person, but on TV, I'm like, this is garbage. It was something. Yeah. <laughs> it was something. Like all so, white, like at some point you gotta mix in a little bit more than just like orange here so or I th there. I thought they would have black uh pants because the, the Metropolitan Division. We saw the division, jerseys, yeah. Right. We all saw that. The so. Metropolitan Division had the gray jerseys, black pants. I noticed yesterday and I almost tweeted this, but I thought, okay, maybe, you know, fashion conversation isn't really my uh subset on Twitter, but Every other division had matching uh, jersey and pant color. So Atlantic had the blue, the Pacific had the white, yeah. and the Central had the, the black, the yeah. full black. Um, so it was interesting black. to see that the Metro didn't go just all gray. They yeah. went gray and black. Yeah. Black, again, as you're pointing out. Yes. Maybe that's why they didn't do it, but you could have gone. I don't know. Could have gone blue. I mean, heck, you could have even, this might have been worse, but you could have. Even gone orange pants if you wanted to, or Ooh. orange tops. Yeah, I don't know I, yeah, something. They're meant to be flashy, right? Tops. Yeah, that so. wasn't flashy, my man. That was like <laughs> there were times I'm like, why is there only two guys? Oh no, white jersey blended yeah. in with the ice. Wouldn't go well on Project Runway. No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. That's my, that, <laughs> that was my only reference. I don't know. No, that's well else. done. <laughs> if you could get Heidi Klum in here, there we go. She would have told the designers who made that. The one who would uh, design the Pacific, Alfita Zane. <laughs> she would be gone. Or he. That's like voted or off them, the island or they. survivors. Gone. Yeah. Gone. That was, I'm sorry. I can be a bit of a jersey nerd at times, and that's just the one. I liked the jersey, but the whole outfit, I'm like, good Lord. Yeah. This is not soccer. Yeah. And I'm not taking a shot at soccer. You can wear white on white for soccer, white on white for football. Or 
baseball even or too. basketball. What it's a, white it's for something hockey about it because you're weird. playing on a white surface there with the go. ice. And so you have this like stark white jersey against this. Uh, it's not perfectly white ice, so it More looks. More crew. Why not? Sure. <laughs> this is <laughs> we've we've gone way off the tracks and we're strictly into fashion now. That if is you, what the Canes cast is about now. Right. <laughs> it's a it's a Hurricanes podcast. With a, a, we dabble in fashion yeah. on occasion. <laughs> yes, we do. All right. Well, let's dabble back into the All Star Game where Noah Hannafin made his first ever appearance in the National League's. Did I just call it the National League? You did. I've been hanging around people. That's what <laughs> they fine. call it. All right. Yeah, but in the, the National. National, in the National Hockey League's midseason, even though it's past the midseason point, classic. And uh, Michael and I caught up with Noah Hannafin, who evidently had it all going on upstairs. Now it's a thing. Like you went through the weekend and let me just get this out of the way. Serious yeah. flow. I mean, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I think uh, I got back to the bench and all the guys were laughing and, um, you know, obviously didn't, didn't get to win the, uh, the skating competition, but I think the, the flow made up for it there in, that, in, the, uh, in the skate, so it was fun. Did it make it easier for you to walk in a locker room and see a lot of faces you know as opposed to the first time you're in a locker room like that, you're thinking, God, do I belong with these guys? You know you belong with, you know, Eichel and those guys. Yeah, no, it was a, uh, it definitely made it a lot more of an enjoyable process. And, you know, Jack and Austin, Zach, you know, Brock Besser, like those are all guys I play with, you know, since I've been a kid and grew up with, so. Um, it was a, uh, you know, it made the process so much better, and even being able to meet some of the new guys there, you know, I got to know Sidney Crosby a bit, Ovechkin, guys I grew up idolizing. You know, I got to play with them a bit and get to know them. So um, it was a great experience. So I was happy I was able to take part in it. And you grew up watching the All Star Game too. I mean, what was it like then being able to take part in that experience? Yeah, it was great. You know, it was a huge honor. Um, you know, that's uh, you're representing like you know your organization, the NHL, and you go to something like that and. You know, it's a celebration of all the fans that uh, you know make it possible that we play, and it was a great experience. Um, you know, like I said, you know, in the past, there's, there's so many guys in this locker room that could have that could have gone to that. You know, I just happened to be the one that got picked, so um, it was uh, it, it was great, and I was uh, happy to be able to experience it. All right. When you're on the ice with Crosby and Ovechkin, you played hockey for three years now as a pro, but is there that moment of like? What's going on here? Like, are you laughing inside, or are you like, man, I got to make sure I give them the puck? Yeah, that was uh, that was probably one more, you know, surreal moments in my life. You know, those are, you know, two guys. You know, since I've been a little kid, I've always I've always watched and had their jerseys playing pond hockey when I was a kid, and just be able to go out there and playing three on three with them was was an amazing experience. In fastest skater uh, skills competition. Did you have a certain strategy going into it? You got to watch a couple yeah. of the guys before you hopped on the ice. Did you have any certain strategy before uh, the whistle blew and you were off and running? Uh, not really. I was just trying to go out there and skate as fast as I could. Uh, I think the key is just get as many crossovers as you can. Um, that last turn, I kind of hit a little bit of an edge and couldn't keep, keep crossing over. I think that slowed me down a little bit. But um, if you look at like McDavid, you know, he just doesn't stop crossing his feet over. He's out there flying. So what was the coolest that you could share with us off-ice moment of this experience for you this weekend? Is it hanging with your family? Is it, uh, you know, the, the locker room pep talk you guys got? What, what would it be? Yeah, I, I think just having my family there. And um, I think it was cool, you know, after the games, you know, everyone, you know, kind of exchanged sticks. and got to get a bunch of things signed from everyone. And, you know, I got my jersey signed by almost every guy on my team. And I think that's something you all have, you know, my whole life. And um, it was uh, it was a great experience just having my family there and, 
you know, playing the games and stuff. I've seen online, do Michael and I need to be worried about losing our job? Your sister <laughs> took over the mic, and I, I have to say, better questions than what we ask, you know that. Yeah, no, she, uh, she's a little firecracker, that one. She, uh, my brother's pretty quiet and doesn't really talk too much, but uh, she has all the personality, so she, uh, she, uh, no, she's the best. What was their takeaway, your family's takeaway from the whole event, just being able to, to be there and, and share in that experience with you? Yeah, I think, it, you know, that, for me, that, that made it even so much more special you know having them there and you know they've been such a big part of, of my life and you know getting me to this level playing in the NHL you know I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for them and just to have them there was you know made it a lot better uh, <laughs> getting back to work today sorry I thought you were gonna ask <laughs> no, a question getting back to work today here uh, big homestand coming up for the Hurricanes uh, what does this team need to do uh, in order to, to work itself back into the playoff picture yeah well this is it right you know these are the last few months of the season coming down that there's 32 games left I want to say um, but yeah, this is it. This is where we got to uh, really take off. We have a chance here with a lot of home games, and um, you know we need to string together some wins. You know we can't lose, we can't win two, then lose two. We got to put together some long streaks if we want to climb back in. You know it's so tight in the metro and so competitive. So we got to uh, really take advantage of this next month. You know with a lot of home games. What's the biggest advantage of being home for eight straight games? I mean, this is two and a half weeks here. Is there is there an advantage to it, or you know is the normal rhythm of a season better where you're home for like four and then on the road for a couple? Uh, no, I like it. I mean, I, I mean, I think you just get more rest when you're at home. You know, you're you're in your own your own apartment, your own house, and um, you're eating the food you want to eat. You're relaxed. Um, you get your own home crowd here. You get your facilities. So I think it's a lot more comfortable being home. And you know, me personally, I, I mean, I think it's going to be uh, really nice to be home for a while. And uh, congratulations on having the best flow at the All Star game. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and as you can see with the interview, we weren't prepared for that. The way we're not prepared for this podcast. Actually, we are. We just have a lot of questions. Well, to give you a little behind the scenes, we do we did that interview with one microphone. Yes. Uh, we usually do the podcast with two microphones because one microphone would be kind of awkward uh, for the two of us to use. And uh, you shot the microphone into my face, and I was completely caught off. Well, I gave you the tap you like did. it's coming back yeah, your yeah, way. Yeah, you did. And I'll, t- I'll take responsibility for that. But I think I recovered, and we steered it in a direction that we want to actually steer this podcast in now, too. Which is exactly. First half goes rearview mirror. Now, eight-game homestand, which we have a lot to get to. But this, for me, Mike, we how many times this year have we said this is make or break, or how important is this portion? I think we've said it every podcast. Pretty much. You know, 27. Even in the ones that there was no schedule or no season, we were saying – this is a make-or-break stretch for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. So right now, just taking a look at who they play, this is make-or-break. Four of the eight teams have a losing record. Not, you know, NHL 500. It is a losing record. The first three teams they play coming out of this All-Star break weekend have losing records. Ottawa has a losing record. Montreal has a losing record. And Detroit has a losing record. You have to beat those teams. One, two, three. And get your six points. And now you're on a four-game win streak which is the, the team keeps talking. You have to build these things. Then you got to play San Jose and L.A. and Vancouver and Colorado are sandwiched in there too. Now, Colorado, I don't know if they're for real or a fluke, but the, the wins and how they've been winning would tell you they're for real. We know San Jose and L.A. are for real, so the Canes have got to find a way to win these games, these four big games in this eight-game homestand against the teams with a losing record. That has to be two points in your back pocket. Yeah, it's an interesting homestand, too, from uh, an opponent's standpoint because uh, you talk about the Hurricanes being able to make up ground in their own division with those four-point games. 
uh, and I'm looking at the game homestand, there's only one game that the Hurricanes play in their own division, and that's against Philadelphia on the 6th. That's going to be obviously a big game because Carolina and Philadelphia very close uh, in the standings right now. Really the whole Metropolitan Division, as we've talked about all season long, is, is pretty congested. Uh, but then you look ahead, the Hurricanes playing 8 of 11 at home, and those four games after this eight-game homestand, you go on the road to play New Jersey, then you come back home and play the Islanders, the Devils, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Those are all four-point games. Those are all extremely huge for this team in trying to make up ground in the division. Interestingly enough, too, that game against uh, Philadelphia on the sixth will be the first time the Hurricanes and the Flyers have played this season, and that'll be February 6th. Uh, two Metropolitan Division opponents that are then going to meet three more times before the end of the season. So another little uh, scheduling oddity, but um, certainly a big stretch coming up. Ottawa, actually, the Senators on the ice right now as we're recording this podcast shortly after 5 p.m. on a Monday. They flew in, obviously, following the All-Star break today. Uh, get a little late skate in before the game on Tuesday. But a vitally important stretch ahead for the Hurricanes. You heard Noah Hannafin say it, and, and we've said it on the podcast too, that the, the Hurricanes have to find a way to, to be more consistent and to string these win streaks together and not have them then be offset by a, a little slide. So hopefully the Hurricanes can build off a bit from the 6-5 win before the break and, and bring it in to, uh, you know, again face Montreal later in the week. But first up, Ottawa on Tuesday. Well, taking a look at the standings, Mike, this is why they have to do this. The web's Michael Smith. You know how important this is. Hurricanes have 52 points. They are four points out of the final playoff spot, and they don't have any games in hand on Philadelphia. They do have a game in hand on New Jersey, who's got 56 points. Another team that the Hurricanes have not played. Another oh, Metropolitan Division on. opponent they haven't played this season. Correction. I'm reading this the wrong way. New Jersey has a game in hand on the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, go. They've got uh, 48 games played. I was looking at, like, the – the advent calendar, counting it down, not counting it up. And they're going to face each other three times in about two and a half yep. weeks coming up. Two teams, though, that the Canes have to leapfrog to get there. The Rangers and Islanders each have 55 points. So that's why when I talk about the importance of winning games, you got to beat these teams that are below you in the standings. you got to beat the teams that have losing records. They've already lost to Vancouver this year. They were shut out by Vancouver. Although that's on a road trip where you're going all the way out west. It was the first trip on that exhaustive six-game, 13-day trip that the, the Hurricanes put together. And you can sit back and say, okay, throw that one off. But you've got to beat them here. And then you've got to find a way to beat either San Jose or L.A., who are going to be here. And then we're going to find out if Colorado is for real. Uh, that's one of those teams that I look at, and I'm, I'm looking at this schedule and thinking, okay, what is Colorado going to bring to the party when they get here? So there's, as you mentioned, it's a weird setup, uh, and what Edmonton is thrown in there as well, right? So, or that's am I? Uh, I'm a little bit further off. Yeah, on the I list, think you're so a little bit further off. I'm projecting. If you want to look at it a different way too, if you want to look at. Uh, take it by the standings and, and assess where the Hurricanes are in relation where they're probably going to need to be. Um, would you say 95 points maybe gets them above the Ni cut line? 95 points gets you in the playoffs. So so, uh, so right now you're um, uh, Philadelphia is who I'm missing. Uh, Edmonton is the team that shows up uh, March about this time. So you're looking at a, the Hurricanes having 52 points right now, 33 games left. You're going to need, what, 43 points in the last 33 games of the season in order to get to that 95-point that mark. And so that's 21 wins out of 33. I do the math. I'm, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's 42, and then I'm assuming you get an overtime loss somewhere. 
So, so there's your 43. So when you when you look at it that way, it maybe becomes a little more daunting. Now, of course, that point projection might be off by, I don't know, give or take three, three. or so. I would say the plus or minus from the exit polls right now. Plus or minus three. Uh, so that's what the Hurricanes have to do I in the road I think 92 is the lowest point total of any wild card team since they put the wild card in place so then you're 40 back yeah so it's uh, the margin of error is is very slim and the hurricanes know that bill peters has mentioned it he you know he said when we were up in montreal that the playoffs have already begun for the yep. hurricanes because any wiggle room they had in the standings is now gone they're going to need to be uh pretty good from here on out and this homestand is very crucial in order to get to what you were saying that yep. that 21 win mark uh, 21 wins gets you 94 points. So if you can, you know, with 11 of 12 at home, if you can snag a majority of those 11 games, you're well on your way uh, to reaching that mark. So um, not an easy road ahead for the Hurricanes, no. but a favorable one, I, I think, is is the way to put it. So it, it's up to the Hurricanes now to, to really bear down and, and figure out if, if they're going to be a playoff team or not. Well, for numbers crunchers, if the Canes win 21 of their remaining 33, that means they have to play 635 hockey. I mean, that's that's you do that, you're winning divisions if you play around right. that. So I mean, that's I mean, a, that's a sizable run. But you know, as we saw last year, the Hurricanes put together that can do it that long point streak. So it's it, it's certainly attainable, and I think this team is uh, is capable of doing it. Uh, it, it's just a matter of, of putting it all together. Well, now. the point streak, though, Michael, starts now. Like I said, they have the yeah. win yeah. in Montreal. So there's one. You can get it to four if you do what you're supposed to do against teams in your barn that statistically and record-wise you're better than. And they are. They're better than Detroit, Montreal, and Ottawa working yep. backwards from those three yep. instead of moving forward. So that's where they're at. All right, I got to do this. So I'm just going to. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. I think five-on-five five play is more important to the Carolina Hurricanes right now in the schedule than finding out anything else about this team. Power play, penalty kill, goaltending. I think five-on-five five play, cleaning up the miscues that we've seen them have, that's the most important thing for this team right now to get sorted out in the eight games here at home. I think the rest will take care of itself off of the five-on-five five play. Interesting. Uh, I I'm tempted to take it, but I'm going to send it back. Oh, what um, are you sending it back with? Well, I, I think specialty teams are vitally important because I think, uh, and may, maybe it's a chicken and an egg thing. If you get the five-on-five five play figured out, maybe your special teams follow or, you know, I, I, I don't know. But um, I look at that first period in Montreal and the Hurricanes were able to take the lead on their first power play of the game. And they also killed off two penalties. And that was, I think, one of the best periods the Hurricanes have played all year on the road. Um, it was exactly to, to how they wanted to play, other than maybe, you know, taking a couple penalties. But they were able to kill those off with, with relative ease. Uh, they were able to connect on the power play. Uh, and it was a good 20 minutes of hockey. I mean, we all know what happened after that. It delved into craziness. But that first period, I think, was was prototypical Hurricanes hockey, and it involved very strong special teams play. But while that is right, and this isn't going to go point-counterpoint, the second period is where my issue just falls into this. Right. While the Canes did strike back, it seemed every time that Montreal was poised to take the lead or crept closer, the Canes, I mean, it's just you look at the score sheet here, it's just absolutely Bananas. nuts. It really, truly is. But the, the thing that I look at this 
and say, man, if they tighten that up five on five in the second period, they walk out of Montreal winning 6-1, 6-2. You know, they just absolutely roll over that team. So that's why I think you, you talk about it. When I say five on five, I know I'm being nebulous here, but it's everything with five on five play. It's the offensive side of it, being able to generate more more attack time with the puck, five on five, and then being better defensively. Because how many odd man rushes do we see them give up? And Bill Peters has addressed it. The team has addressed it. Goes to skating, but I think five on five, that's where it is. You can send it back. But I'll take what I gave you. Oh, that's a Makes fair sense. discussion. Right. Do you have a uh, sure? One for uh, me? We'll go back to the All Star uh, Weekend festivities since that was a uh, a big topic of discussion on this podcast. Um, the three on three tournament. We've seen it now for three years, pitting the the divisions against one another. Yep. Uh, your thoughts? I like it. I like it. I'll I'll keep it because I am not. Uh, I got to go on record right now. I'm not a fan of All Star games anymore. Uh, just there's a lot that goes into it. It's I, I think it boils down to this for me. Sports are inherently competitive, right? So when yes. you take out that competitiveness, it kind of becomes moot. Yes, that's. I think that's a big point. Now, first off, All-Star games aren't for me anymore. All-Star games are for little kids. I get that. I mean, because I think back to when I was a little kid, how awesome it was to see all of the best players play against each other. And you don't know that they're not really trying hard when you're right. you're little. You know, they're out there playing, and you think that everybody wants to win. Right. Uh, the the last five on five 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 on five All Star game in Columbus was just awful, and that's yes. why we're three on three today. And I think that you saw it, and like you said, the the first game, the Pacific versus the Central, kind of little. Not they were skating figure eights, but. Nobody's really going hard. Then they look up at the clock and they're like, "Well, oh, there is a million dollars. Let's go." And we've only—I think it was one nothing after the first period. Yeah. So, and I think both teams then were like, "Okay, maybe we should start trying to score some goals." And they did. Yeah. And it got exciting. And I think three on three, um, you, you know, in its place in the regular season overtime is is great. And to see it in action in the All Star game when you have guys like. Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin passing the puck to each other. How about Nikita Kucherov's goal? Yeah. Where, you know, at first I'm like, oh, he didn't mean to do that. And if you haven't seen it, just Google Nikita Kucherov all-star goal. But he slides a pass, but it's a shot while he fakes the shot and fakes out the goalie for a goal. And that's one of those things where I had to be like, did I see that? I actually had to go back and watch it again. Uh, I I like it because if it is going to be something like this, I want to see the best players in the world making plays. And that's what they do. In the other All-Star games now, you know, baseball's the closest representation to it because a pitcher's not going to go up there and just groove it and, all right, boys, let's get out of here. You got nine innings. But even then, you know, the American League and National League used to be you just played in the American League, you just played your career in the National League. There's a little bit of hatred there, and they moved on. Or, you know, no, our league's better, no, our league's better. That's different now because of free agency, everybody moves. Pro Bowl, they've made it, I guess, more competitive, but I – Honestly, they could have played the Pro Bowl in my backyard. I would not have looked out the back door to see it. Seriously. <laughs> I think it happened on the same day. It did. Yeah, it yeah, did. It I don't – couldn't even tell you who won. I, I know who won only because I was on my way looking up uh, more details on the All-Star game. Who won? Uh, that would be the AFC 24-23. Oh, wow. But a close uh, game. But Kyle Rudolph had seven catches for 70 yards, and Adam Thielen had a touchdown. Good for the Vikings to show up a, a week later. And Harrison <laughs> Smith had a 79-yard interception return. For a oh, good for them. Yeah, isn't that great? Isn't that comforting? When Consolation my head, prize. When my head hit the pillow. Where were they? Orlando? 
I don't even know. That's kind of weird, I think too. it is Orlando, but I don't Go know. to Hawaii. No, it got too expensive, and nobody was going. They couldn't sell tickets for the game because nobody wanted to go watch it. NHL All-Star Game, Hawaii. I'm there. You heard it here first, NHL. I'm Make here. Make it happen. Let's go. I'm in. Why not? How about outdoor game in Hawaii? Yes. Sign me up. We're in. We're yeah. nominating the Canes for that. <laughs> All right. We have some questions. Yeah, I was going to say, we got, a, we got some questions put this it, week. Put it out there. Sometimes so. more than others. This All week right. was a big one. This one from our good friends at Section 328. I don't know them. Uh, they're good people. And uh, we'll give them a shout out. They do a very good podcast on their they own. Do. Go listen. Uh, yeah, Cheaters Never Win is their podcast. If you haven't given a listen to their podcast, uh, it, it's really good. It gives you sort of the, the fan perspective on uh, on the Hurricanes. Yep. So uh, give it a listen. Those guys are do a, a real good job. By the way, how secure are we in our podcast that we give shout outs to other podcasts about the same material? Yeah. Don't rate or review them on iTunes. Well, you, just, you can. Yeah. But don't give them what you give us. <laughs> yeah, you can We're, rate them and yeah, review them. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, we're just kidding. You can do the compare and contrast. Uh, no, this comes in. If the Canes were to have a Royal Rumble-style battle royal for the belt, considering the current 20-man roster, who are your top three Canes legends who would come back for the Rumble, and who do you have winning it all? I'm going to let you take this one first. All right. It's For me, it's easy. Okay. It's I've actually had to like start whittling people out because like Steve Rice, for people who don't remember – who Stephen Rice was, man, he was tough. And I would want to go into the foxhole with Steve. Uh, and, and he'd be one of those guys who I think would just come in and you know be house of fire and, and clean a couple of guys over the ropes. But there's a few real tough guys that i got to put in. And Steve is at the top of that list for the tough guys who played. Jesse Bullerice is on that list. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of others. Stu Grimson, remember, played for the Stu Carolina Grimson. Hurricanes. Bob Bugner. Current head coach of the Florida Panthers, yeah. Bob Bugner did. Scotty Walker. Scotty Walker, who is as tough as nails as they come. But Tim Gleason is on my list. Yeah, he's a good one. I mean, he's one of those guys you, you take a look at, and he'd come in. And it, he already has the name, thanks to Cam Ward, the big husky. <laughs> he just comes rolling in and starts cleaning house. And then – you run down some of the guys who you know have been a part of this organization, and you're like, okay, you know, is he gonna win in a fight? Is this guy gonna do something? I'm gonna go with Chuck Caton. Proud noise only. Thank you. You're welcome. Looks like George the Animal Steel, and I think he could wrestle like him. And the guy who I would pick to win it all, Rod Brindamore. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's probably the ultimate answer, right? Yeah. I think unless you, I, the only other. The only other name I think that came to mind that could possibly win it would be Scotty Walker, just because that 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 toughness that that he um, you know showed on the ice each and every night, the competitiveness was just was was great. There was a there's an amalgamation of guys like like I had said going back to to Jesse Bolarice and, and back to Stephen Rice. A lot of rice going on here. Yeah, that's, but Tim yeah. Conboy is another guy. Ooh, I mean, yeah. they're, it's like they're all they're hard to pick the one name from the hat, but. Gleason Chuck. Crowd noise only. One more time. Oh. Thank you. And uh, He's sneaky. Um, athletic and yeah, tough. Yeah, kind of strong. Yeah, because he played in the, the media ball hockey game a couple years ago. He was muscling guys, you know, into the boards and, you know, yeah. he scored a few goals, too. Yeah, he a, said he might have to come out of retirement and play next year. Needs to help my team. <laughs> Lord knows I got saddled with a GM who didn't know what he was doing. We Here. won't name names, but. No. Sounds an awful lot like Reich Flundheim. 
I have no idea who you're talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> After getting peppered with 98 shots, <laughs> there's only so much I can take. Uh, this one comes in from Katie D. Question one. Care to discuss trade rumors? Sure. I was we always say care no. to discuss them. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. They're just – they're rumored. They're, they're yeah. things people make up and – you know, some well, no, are like, what are, are they? She, she does, she does ask, care to discuss trade rumors, and I'm like, sure, we we care to discuss them, but it's, I was gonna say no. It's, no, it's what Mike's saying though. They're just rumors. Yeah. So it's things people make up, and some are more informed than others, and that's that's that. All right, are you ready? I can make up a trade right now that doesn't involve the Carolina. I could make up a rumor of any sort. No, right no, I, I can I can seriously make up a trade right now that doesn't involve the Carolina Hurricanes, but it involves NHL teams. Are you ready? And this is how. A lot of the national guys do it. And I'm not picking on them because a lot of the national guys do a ton of great work. But remember, they can't watch every team play. They can't possibly know what's going on in the inner workings. They have sources and, and info. But a lot of these rumor sites are just that. So I'll address this right now. Uh, let's see here. The Ottawa Senators, bit of a, a yard sale right now, right? Because of where they expected to be. And they were one goal away from the Stanley Cup Finals last year. And as of the recording of this podcast – Kane's cast episode number 27, a long home stretch, 39 points. So, all right, here we go. I'll just start this out there just, just because. Why not? Um, San Jose Sharks, they could use maybe a little bit more reinforcement up front, right? You know, maybe a center, help get them over the edge. Uh, they're loaded with some talent on the on the blue line. And, they could always use you know, Eric Carlson. Everybody could – everybody could uh, – you know, say this is a great, uh, great team, but I could see them say, "Oh, I don't know. How about we give up one of our our younger forwards? How about we give up uh, a Melker Carlson and a Thomas a Tomas Hurdle for Eric Carlson?" And then you have a blue line that's got a top pairing of Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. And I press send on the tweet, and, from and now it's a rumor to the internet. So yeah, I mean that's just it. Just basically, there's a formula. Team A that is out of it and has players that are either going to be unrestricted free agents or are not happy in their situation. And this team needs a lot, be it draft picks, forwards, defensemen, plus team B that has draft picks, forwards, defensemen, but could use valuable player on team A equals trade rumor. Basically, the guys you want to listen to um, probably have a blue check mark next to their names on Twitter. Yes, I would agree. I don't that. think I have one, so don't listen to me. Do you have one? So don't oh, listen to either no, of us. No, me? No. Yeah, I, yeah I'm verified. Oh. Well, mine's, mine's not a blue check mark. It's a white check mark. Oh, yeah. I guess they changed that. Yeah. Or it's blue in some places. Yeah, it's white. It's blue or white. If you have a check mark, uh, listen to them because they, they are more informed yeah. uh, than, you know, room at Rumor Central yeah, NHL or, uh, you know, I mean, whatever. And look, it's like anything. Those guys, you throw enough of them at the wall, and if one of them sticks – let me go back in my day. We used to have five sources before you could say it. And even then, you kept it hush-hush. Uh, it, it used to be now, it used to be, make sure you were right, and then you would put it out there. Like, you were 95% right. Not 94, 95. Uh, now it's like, ah, 9% chance. Let's throw it out there because if it happens, I just need to get one of 10. And look, I hit this rumor. Uh, there were three questions here. Uh, question two, thoughts on the Canes getting snubbed for the Finland game? Well, that, perfect segue because I think that was a rumor. Yeah. 
and uh, uh, <laughs> I think it's just that. I think it's a until rumor. It, until it becomes confirmed, and it, it's nothing more yeah. than a rumor. So yeah, I, I haven't I haven't heard it was confirmed. Have you? No. Thank you. That's it. And that was a checkmark answer from the web's yes. Michael Smith. Question three: Which Canes player would make the best pirate? That's a good question. Um, hmm. I would have liked to see Noah Hannafin dress up as a pirate. They should have had all of the All-Stars dress up as pirates. That would have been a good one. Uh, Eric Carlson looked uh, pretty convincingly like a pirate. I well, thought. he did show up as a pirate. Yeah. Um, hmm. Brock Ooh. McGinn, perhaps? Ooh, yeah. Ask him about that at Kane's Corner tonight. For anyone listening between now and Kane's Corner. Uh, you can send a- that question, but I'm not asking him <laughs> on my own volition. Uh, let me think here. Who else? Justin Falk can yeah. go with the, the big mustache and the yeah. hair. I bet Justin Williams would pull off a pretty convincing pirate. I think if you put an eye patch on him and gave him like a peg leg and a parrot, yeah, he'd be. He awesome might do player. it. That, that could be my winner. <laughs> uh, this from RNH Hockey. How many retweets do I need to get two tickets to a game? Retweets of what? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Ask know. Wendy's. Yeah, that's not. I don't. That's. I don't know. I wish I could help you on that one. I don't think I can. Uh, this from Duncan at your boy Dunky. Oh. <laughs> Had to throw <laughs> I that out there. Say it was Duncan Sheik. No, he's got he's fire next breathing. to his name and at your boy Dunky. That's a great name. Do you think the Canes will pursue a forward before the deadline? Then parentheses E Kane, Zook, Tavares, RNH, O'Reilly. Uh, John Tavares is not getting traded from the New York Islanders, nor would they trade him to the Carolina Hurricanes if both teams are fighting for playoff position unless Garth Snow got everything plus he wanted for John Tavares. So that would mean, I don't know, giving up your all-star defenseman, giving up probably a Sebastian Ajo for John Tavares. I mean, John Tavares is one of the top five players in the in the world today. Here we are creating rumors. No, but I'm just saying that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Ryan O'Reilly, Evander Kane, I've heard rumors around him and Zuccarello. I mean, it, it depends. It depends on where the Canes are. When we get closer yeah. to that, that deadline. I think it, it's too early to say right now. The deadline's in late February, so you're you're a month away right yeah. now, really, uh, from it. And I think it's too early to say whether the Hurricanes are going to be looking for help or, uh, you know, trying to, to maybe move some pieces that are going to become, become unrestricted free agents. Um, I think it's too early to say. I, I don't think it's going to be overly active one way or the other. The, that's my gut instinct, but... I think it's still too early to say. All right, this from Omar. If not, then this. Asking, is it too late to ask a question? No, it's never too late. What if the pirates at Gasparilla refused to give back Lord Stanley and set off sailing into the Caribbean or Caribbean? I've heard both. How do you think the NHL would have responded? Also, let's assume these are real pirates because, well, because pirates. Hmm. Well, this is like the, uh, the plot of a movie that's yet to be written. The, the NHL All-Star Game goes to Tampa Bay and Pirates thieve the Stanley Cup. Hashtag copyright on that. Yeah, we're, we're starting to write it right now, actually. I don't know. I don't know how the NHL would get it back. Oh, would they have to send a, a ship out to like you would send negotiate? The, you would send the Golden Knights, would you not? Ooh, that's a good point. Send them with the – oh, and the Blue Jackets can come and bring the cannon. Ooh, real, knights and, real yeah, knights and real cannon because yeah. real knights and real cannons. I think that's the answer. Yeah, I'm trying to think if anybody else would be involved here. Well, you know, the senators would have to pass the legislation to allow us to they could handle go the, after the pirates. Well, yeah, they could handle the, the negotiation, the mediation side of 
the negotiations. And if if talks don't progress, then the Blue Jackets fire their cannon. Yeah, and then we send the Rangers because that's what Rangers do, right? There you go. The Rangers. I, got I think we uh, solved it. Yeah, Coming to a theater near you in, well, probably never. Never. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. That's, that's a no. That's a never. Uh, Omar also had a follow-up outside of Noah Hannafin, who is your favorite NHL All-Star. I love them all like my children. That's I don't have children, but that's, that's what I would do. All righty. Let's see here. A few more questions for you, Mr. Smith. I have them, and then, of course, they all uh, disappear when you start uh, scrolling through them all. If you're ready. If you have any Canes uh, Cane, Cast, if you have any episode 27. hashtag Canes Cast questions, you can send them to us anytime. Just hashtag Canes Cast, and we'll we'll pick them up for uh, for you know any any week's episode. We usually record these episodes on Monday. Today is in fact Monday, January 29th, coming off the All Star break, heading into an eight game homestand. Yeah, that's you're dead on. That's where we are at. Let me uh, let me get that Canes Cast question. But now I've been able to, I believe, I track to it buy down. Some time for no, me. you did a great job, <laughs> and I, I appreciate talked it. Should for longer. No, no, you did a wonderful, wonderful job with that. Uh, no, that's it. We're good that's with the it. questions. Yeah. I, that was a, a good mix of questions. I think no, some, I like some serious, some theoretical. To Katie, Katie, stop going to the rumor boards. Yeah. Okay. Just keep your sanity. If you want to read one thing that um, that dishes a bit on rumors, I would suggest reading Elliot Friedman's Thirty-One Thoughts. It's a weekly column uh, that he posts on Sportsnet's website. Um, he's very keyed in with with everything going on around the league. Um, so if there's any rumor to be trusted, it's the ones you're going to find printed in his 31 thoughts. I like that. And he's a great man. And he is. He's a very good man. Yep. So that's I'm going to going to agree with that. By the way, we had people respond to the who would be the Royal Rumble winners. Uh, John Fowler said Scotty Walker. The end. Lee Taft, uh, Rod Brindamore, Sean Hill, Scott Walker. Those are good choices. I have no problems with any of those. Nope. So no we're all set. No problems from us. Uh, no, there was a question about Sebastian Ajo, and I wanted to get to it. So if you'll give me a moment, just indulge me. Okay. Well, I'll touch on Sebastian Ajo for just a second. Please uh, do. Before we get to the question, if it if it does still exist. Oh, I got it right here. Oh, okay. Good tap dance. <laughs> this from Kayla. How is my Sebastian Ajo doing? Oh, well, that, I was just going to talk about how he was doing. Can I just say this? He's not your Sebastian Ajo. He's not my Sebastian Ajo. He's, He's our, our Sebastian, Sebastian Ajo. Ajo. He's the Calais. He, he belongs to the people. I agree with that. <laughs> He's a man of the people. Yes. Uh, Sebastian Ajo is doing great. Um, he practiced on Monday with the team, full participation, uh, did not have the no-contact jersey on, took some contact. Uh, skated around, said he felt well afterwards. Head coach Bill Peters said if he's medically cleared, he's going in the lineup. Fair for me. Kayla also had a follow-up question. When do I get to join the team? Well, well um, what's your draft status? Yeah. Or where are you playing right now? We can send some scouts. Yeah. Open tryouts, uh, you know, aren't usually a thing. Yeah, no. But maybe in a, you know, an extraordinary situation, we can – pull some strings i think that's a perfect way to end this podcast i think so too all right that'll do it we'll be back with episode 28 next monday as the huge homestand continues and we'll know exactly where the hurricanes are after a stretch that has seen them play ottawa montreal detroit and san jose with a huge game with philadelphia 
staring them right in the eyes on Tuesday, February 6th. And we probably won't talk about the football game because that's, that's just dumb. Nobody's going to watch that. I don't. No. Football ended for Makes me, me last week. Makes me angry even thinking about football it. Football ended for me last week. And it ended for me a week before. <laughs> and football ended for me last week after the very first drive of the NFC Championship game. <laughs> Football's dead to both of us. Exactly. Until uh, September. I don't know. That might have been the final nail in the coffin for me. <laughs> That'll do it for the Webs, Michael Smith. And for TV's Mike Maniscalco. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you.